Good morning. You guys doing okay? I did not uh, necessarily expect, I have to say, that um, there would be so few people here. Uh, I must admit, I have to say, I was thinking, oh yeah, maybe there'd be, you know, uh, maybe I'd get uh, really lucky and there would be, you know, a hundred people here, but I don't think so. <laughs> so do me a favor, um, those back end uh, pews are roped off so you don't sit in those, but there's a lot of space in here. So if you guys would get up, please, and come in and fill in the front, that would be very helpful, I think, to me and to you as well. Uh, so... Come on. So Chris, man, you should, you guys back there should come forward, please. Thank you. Like all of you guys should come forward. Ah. Uh, don't want to be way back there. Just be feeling awkward, all alone. So I'm going to pass these around as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. So obviously, uh, I'm Ross Peterson Veach. I'm Associate Academic Dean here. I'm the Director of General Education, and I work also at the Center for Intercultural Teaching and Learning, just so you guys know all of that stuff. Uh, so if you have a question about different things, you can uh, talk to me about all kinds of different things. Uh, at a small college, everybody does more than one thing, so you'll see your professors here also have a bunch of different things going on. This morning I just want to talk to you guys um, about these four things. I'm going to talk to you about the process of revision that we've been engaged in for a couple of years uh, for our general education program, which we're going to change the name of to the Goshen Core Curriculum, as you can see reflected on the sheet that is coming around. I'm going to um, describe this model to you that's on the sheet, um, and then I'll ask some questions. Uh, I'll ask you to, to answer some questions for me. That fourth thing uh, was up there left over from a, uh, from a meeting where the faculty did vote, so I'll just tell you what the result of that vote is instead of asking you to vote, <laughs> um, because uh, in the process, officially, the faculty approve, and then people like me have to administer. So that's what happens there. Um, we started a few years ago. Uh, some of you may have been here at the time when we did uh, an intensive year studying the first-year programs, our first-year programs. That 
whole process took a year. It was 2008, 2009, and that we called that process the Foundations of Excellence. Actually, we hired some people to help us, and they called the process the Foundations of Excellence. We didn't come up with that name. Uh, it worked pretty well, but it's kind of a dorky name, so you know, we would never call something dorky like that, right? No way. So that was 2008, 2009. The following year, we began with using the information that we had gathered in the Foundations of Excellence process. We started talking about how the first year should be different. And what that means is if you change the first year in general education, you got to change the rest of the stuff. Because if you do anything that moves the hours around and the credit hours around, you got to be able to figure out how the end is going to go before you implement the program. So we started with the first year, thinking about how important it is um, for your start here and how it should be different, uh, thinking about uh, all of the issues that need to be kind of focused on in a curricular way, and then <clears throat> kind of what that means along the way. Um, the, we formed a group called the Gen Ed Task Force, the General Education Task Force, and for the first year we worked on what should the outcomes of our program be because right now the outcome, to be frank, is that you get exposed to a lot of different things. That's the outcome, is like exposure to a lot of different things. And we have a, a different outcome in this program, the outcome in our program now is integrative learning, so I'll talk to you about that a little bit more. Next year, we will be focused on development and planning for implementation. We will implement the new program in the fall of 2012. So next year, we'll spend working out some details, and then uh, the fall of the year after is when we will start asking, we'll start requiring this stuff of students who come in. So you guys really are not affected by the program at all, uh, especially since, and the people next year won't also be affected by this. They'll be asked to do the same stuff that you guys are doing. Um, and then once folks enter, we'll have like a four-year rollout of this entire program. So not all, of these not all of the stuff that's on the sheet that you have in front of you will happen in the first year of the program because some of it doesn't come until later. Last semester, uh, the task force that was called the Gen Ed Task Force decided to change its name to signal that we will change the name of the program also to the Goshen Core Curriculum as opposed to general education. So that it has an idea, a feeling of this is what you do here, uh, this is what we do here, it's the core, it's the kind of center of your education here at Goshen uh, and the way we in a curricular fashion kind of impart the identity of the institution to you, invite you to participate in how that works. Um, we had a number of, since we were working out a plan in this big group, we said, well, we need some help. So we invited about, well, it was an open invitation to faculty and administrative staff uh, and librarians to participate with us in these six different groups to build parts of the program and to focus on kind of how this is going to work in a curriculum. So they saw the entire thing, the model that we had, and they started to fill in different kinds of policies. So February and March, 
uh, groups of faculty, librarians, and administrators sat together and developed different pieces of the program. So those six pieces of the program that you see up there are what we worked on. That was about, let me think. Well, there were 40 people who were on those groups who were not part of our task force, which has about 17 people on it. So, you know, 57 people, including a couple of students per group. We asked students also to participate. We invited some students to participate with us in that. So also then on April 21st, our second to last faculty meeting of the year, uh, the Goshen Core Task Force brought this plan that you see in front of you to the faculty and asked for a vote. What we wanted to do was to say, over the summer we're gonna do some more work to develop the program, but we wanna show you this and we wanna get input from you on exactly kind of what the direction should be. Is there a direction that we should pursue? Is this okay? So we started by saying, here's what we're gonna do, uh, and we want you to tell us yes or no, and we also want you to tell us what your concerns are and whether those concerns are minor or major. As you might imagine, some of the things that end up being minor concerns for some people are major concerns for other people, and the other way around happens as well. Some things that are major concerns for some people are really only minor concerns for other people. So you can see 85% uh, of the faculty said yes, even though I have uh, the most extreme position, even though I have major concerns, I still think this is a, a worthy direction to pursue, so let us get a going on this and pursue the direction. So that's the kind of thing we have. Uh, I gotta tell you, around the country, the kind of standard, the standard for yes on a on a program this big of a faculty vote, other people kind of talk about this, the standard for a vote is probably about three quarters. If you can't get three quarters, you should really go back to the drawing board. So I think we did okay. We did okay. We got an 85% and that's, uh, that's good. Feeling good about that. So. Uh, this is going to happen, in other words. We still have significant time for planning for implementation. We have uh, um, some development work going on this summer. And so, uh, let me tell you about that. Right now, we're talking about the wellness class and the Bible course with people, again, in the same kind of task group way. We're pretty much done with the wellness class, and we'll get done with this Bible course before we go into the well, we hope to get done with this Bible course before we go into those June days. June, we will work four days, four days straight, to kind of finalize things. Uh, then over the summer, I and other administrators will work up some details of how the structures go, how exactly we would transfer things in and out, uh, what kinds of requirements we would have to have and uh, things like how many of these classes do we have to have exactly to start every year for the next four years. Uh, then we'll bring this back in our fall opening retreat for faculty and administrators. Uh, we have a retreat every year at the beginning of the, of the semester before we start the semester, before we start the year, we have a, a retreat about 10 days before the year starts. So we'll bring that back, we'll show this to everybody, and we have a final vote on everything, essentially to include it in next year's catalog 
on the 22nd of September. So this is probably like a mind numbing for you right now. <laughs> but I wanna tell you what's happening because what this means is that next year, uh, there would be some opportunities to participate in conversations about plans. And we would like, uh, obviously, to extend that, op that invitation to participate in planning to those of you who are interested in participating in that as well. That's kind of an important thing because on the ground, we want to make sure that we're not uh, going to implement some grand plan without talking to people who actually have to experience these grand plans that we make. <laughs> to see uh, where we're going to go wrong and uh, if you could help us figure out where we're going to go wrong, well, that would be really good. Because there's a thing about strategy, you know, this is like a strategy, it's cool, but implementation, execution of the strategy, that's a different story. If those two things go too far apart, it can get really bad. So we want to try to make sure that we're talking to you about how this works. So now, the part that's uh, kind of, uh, I'll talk to you about this part that's not really about logistics, it's about why we made these decisions that we made. So this is the vision that was adopted last year by the PC and the Board of Directors. The President's Council and the Board of Directors adopted this vision for the college. So you can see, we have four words that begin with I, four I's in there that we didn't have before. So you're reading that. So as you can see, right now our vision statement is a different kind of thing. Uh, the one that was before, this is the one we have now, but the one that was before was a pretty different thing. It said something about, um, you know, uh, I don't think it said anything about being an influential leader. It said something about making leaders for the church and the world, but, but not uh, influential leader in these things. To do this as a college, we're going to need a different kind of curriculum, and we'll need a different, like a curricular expression of these things. So if everybody's going to be invited into that kind of job that we're after, we need something different. So our program will have kind of a set of outcomes that are these. There's four categories in the outcomes. There's knowledge, skills, responsibilities, and integration. So if you look at this, you can see this is our knowledge, list of knowledge, outcomes. We want you guys to know something about these six things when you leave here. And we want you to have these skills when you leave as well. These six skills. Now, communication and quantitative literacy are things that when I was here uh, about a year and a half ago, I asked uh, the assembled group of students, I said, what do you think everybody should be required to learn? What do you think everybody should know? What do you think everybody should be able to do when they leave here? And those two things were very high on your list. In fact, communication was the big one. So all, there were all these groups in here that we formed, and you made lists, and you made rankings, and uh, communication blew everything else out of the water. So there were 17 top three, top three communication 
uh, like citations. You guys said 17 of the groups had communication in your top three skills, top three things people should know when they leave here. I thought that was a pretty big deal. Quantitative literacy also is, of course, not just math, but it's your ability to you know, read stuff uh, that you see that has numbers in it, graphs in it, that kind of stuff. The next three, those next three, are three different parts of what you might call the research process. So first you gather information and evaluate that information. Is it any good? Then you think about it in various ways and write about it, and then you use what you came up with to problem solve, to suggest uh, solutions, to do things like that. So those three things are the, problem so, uh, the uh, uh, research process. And then intercultural competence, of course, is something that we already believe in a great deal since we make you do the SST-type activities. Next, <clears throat> these are the six things that uh, all of us kind of agreed were the six responsibilities. So you feel a personal or social responsibility for these six things after you've been here. Well, people already, like we showed you the list and you said, yeah, these are good things. Uh, and moreover, uh, the faculty agreed on the outcomes uh, quite a bit. We didn't have much dissension over the outcomes. These outcomes were the ones that people really liked. All right. This is the final thing. It's in a paragraph form because we needed to describe it. You can't really make a bulleted list for integration. You have to describe, like, what does that mean? Well, it means this. So read that paragraph. I'm not going to read it to you. That's always weird. <laughs> when people read to you from the PowerPoint. You can do that yourself. So I'll give you some time to do that now. So you can see here, uh, this outcome is the big one, essentially. It is the one that shapes the entire program. The integration, it's also one that we're going to be looking for in your work. We're going to ask that people uh, assemble an e-portfolio a couple times throughout the time that they're here and show us how do you do this, how well can you integrate things. This is the core model, which um, if you have this, you can follow along. I will describe a little bit of it to you. Um, first of all, you can kind of, you don't see it necessarily, but there's three threads that run through this core model. The first thread goes this way, up and down, in that first box, and that's what we might call the foundational things. Now, right now, you can take some of these classes you can take a communication skills class whenever you want. You can take uh, lit and writing, oral comm when you're a senior, if you can't fit it in ahead of time. But to me, as the director of general education, those are foundational skills that you should have in your first year. It makes no sense for you to take those classes as seniors or juniors or even sophomores. You should take those classes in your first year because that's where it makes a difference to you. That's where you can prepare. So part of our program implementation is about making sure the sequence of our classes goes right. So those classes are the only ones you can kind of see that have a requirement for semester on them. But they do have a requirement for semester on them. All of the stuff in this box should be done by the third semester. Everything. Some of the stuff you can kind of move around. 
but the biblical literacy class is the only one that could stretch into the third semester. Almost everything should be done by your first two semesters. The learning community is like your colloquium class right now. Uh, that'll be focused a little differently and we'll ask um, uh, that you begin your first semester with an intercultural seminar. That would be uh, already beginning to work on the intercultural thread, which you could see from the vision was an important part of what we're doing. So the intercultural thread would span kind of this way. You can see it's the beginning. It's kind of like not only would you be thinking about what you would need to do to prepare for SST-type experiences, uh, but you think about like what does intercultural mean here on campus, like right here on campus. There are lots of different cultures here on campus and uh, uh, why don't we start practicing this intercultural thing right away when you get here, probably help when you're on SST as well or when you're doing other type SST type activities. So that kind of begins a stretch across here. The communication skills is a focus on critical reading and writing, plus uh, speaking as well in that class. And if you kind of go down to second semester, you'll see the Goshen Seminar is your first course in research. That course would be focused on uh, a major research project for you as a student. Mostly on writing, but also uh, other things. We'll ask you to do some presentations in that class and the Goshen Seminar would count as a perspectives course. So you could see uh, one of these classes here would be taken care of, check, by the Goshen Seminar. So it'll be a content-focused course. So the intercultural thread, we'll just stretch it across here. We will ask that people do some, something similar to what they do now, except uh, the alternative program we have in place now would be replaced by the domestic program that we built and uh, by a, a set of courses that stretch across the years but that are also kind of focused on the local area. And then at the end, right after you're either finished with those courses or right after you come back from SST, this is this final Global Issues Seminar where we'll ask you to think really hard about after your intercultural experience, what's that mean? What's that mean for the entire kind of experience that you've had here in the intercultural thread? The last bit I want to talk to you about is the interdisciplinary thread. So that starts um, pretty much right away. You could take perspectives courses, even in this first semester, second semester, we'll begin talking to you about what interdisciplinary and integrative learning really means. Start asking you to do things that show your ability to do that kind of stuff. Already, we do a lot of that. We just don't call it that, and we don't focus on it, so it doesn't really get highlighted very much. And uh, I can answer questions about that later if you have them. Uh, you'll see that some of these things look like things that you have now. So, um, the biblical literacy class will, will also be a class that focuses on the Bible and the Bible story, but we'll ask that a little bit more be in there about why, for example, 
the Bible is read in this way at this place, this place, Goshen College. So at this point, I would ask, you could come to the microphone here and so that everyone can hear you, but I wonder what questions you have right now about this program and what you'd like to tell me about it. So what's your name? I'm Elizabeth Hackathorne. Hey. Hi, how's it going? Good. Um, How are I you? Did, not too bad. Sweet. I just had a quick question with um, learning community. Yeah. Preparation for college success. What would that involve? Well, there's two things we do right now in colloquium uh, that would be enhanced in the learning community. One of those things is just an orientation to college, like what services are available here. We'll keep doing that. Um, but then there are kind of deeper issues of uh, uh, really things that happen along the way in that first semester that we want to have some way to deal with and process. So uh, plus, we need a little more, we, I mean, what we noticed in our, we keep a lot of information about who leaves <laughs> and why they leave, and we noticed some patterns in that information, that data about why people leave, a significant number of people leave uh, because of academic reasons. Mm -hmm. So we would want to be able to have a place where we can identify people who are struggling much earlier and help them get like resources that they need to do that. That's one of the things that we'll do there. Plus, we'll be talking to you a little bit more in that about picking a major and what that means. Okay. So a little more work with that that's structured in there. That's okay. what that means. And yeah. I don't know, I don't know a better way to phrase this, but can we still make that course maybe even integrate it into part of learning community number one and not make it two separate courses within that first semester? Or make it so the students still feel like they're adults and still have a try <laughs> trial and error? Because I went through a different college and I was taught, like I felt like I was a little kid back in high school. And so I don't know, as long as we make students still feel like they have adult, decisions to make, and a lot of it is just trial and error. I mean, that's how I learned about college. Like, you fail in a course, okay, now you know better what to do next time, and not have someone hold my hand throughout the whole process either. Like, what a good balance would be. I don't know how a better way to say that, I'm sorry. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> okay, and then just my second question would be for physical fitness and nutrition. What is the purpose to have all general majors take that besides just health majors? unless they do a major overhaul. I personally felt like it was a waste of money. I mm. feel like we've already done that in high school. Why offer again in college unless it's required for my health major? Mm. Yeah, yeah, the class has a major overhaul. That's definitely true, okay. yes. Thank you, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that class is about, I mean, it, it essentially will, be, will begin to be about the connection between your physical health, uh, your mental health, and your academic success. Mm -hmm. So this particular class would be asking you to begin to think about for the rest of your life kind of what structures you need to have in place to make things work for you. Yeah, yeah. So I heard a lot of people go like, ah, when you said something about being treated like adults. Somebody tell me more about that. What's that mean? Like she was already up here, so she shouldn't have to do that. But people were going, yeah, woo. Somebody tell me more. But first you have to tell me your name, so, so uh, just so I don't, you know, call you hey you. No, that's, <laughs> hey you is good too. Um, I'm Isaac. 
Isaac. And a third year. And I, some of the stuff she said resonated with me. It, it seems to me that if you're coming to college, that you should have a certain level of academic rigor already kind of instilled, and you probably should have learned how to study at some point during high school, I'm going to guess. Mm -hmm. um, these type of the things that if we, if we are holding people's hands a little too much, I'm afraid that it will make the college a less of an academic, a higher academic institution, and maybe a second tier institution or even a third tier institution. Um, if, we're, if we're having to have students come in that maybe wouldn't um, cut it at other schools, and so they come to Goshen because it's a little easier to get in, and we'll hold your hand along the way, some of that's okay, and sometimes like I think that's good to like bring people along. But I'm also concerned about the other side of like watering down the quality of the institution, mm -hmm. and just maybe in hopes of quantity of students. So I guess that's where my concern comes from. Specifically, one of the bullet points mm -hmm. um, under the learning community one intercultural competence mm -hmm. or competency. I think that probably should be under the intercultural seminar. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, just to kind of give you guys a, a, a little bit of a, these are really brief explanations. They're not uh, the full thing because the full thing is about, you know, 12 pages long. Probably. Yeah. Um, those things are, that's a reinforcement place. I mean, the intercultural skills up here are the ones that would be reinforced uh, through, you know, work with intercultural competence in that one. And I would have to say, I mean, in both places, we'll be thinking a lot about how you could use the current situation that you're in, which is brand new to you, uh, to practice, learn about intercultural skills and intercultural competence. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could see, uh, I, I appreciate the concern being expressed about hand-holding because that, you know, that's a thing that if, um, if we know it's there and we're paying attention to doing, to, like to making that not happen, then uh, it's more likely that it will not happen. But if we're not paying attention to it and nobody says it because, oh, I don't want to embarrass somebody or whatever, then it's likely that we won't pay attention to it and it'll keep happening. So that's a problem too. One other thing while I'm up here, I'm a person that's gonna have to transfer to another university to finish my degree. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about people coming in and coming out, right. We need to make sure that however all this stuff like fleshes out, yeah. specifically some classes that are a little more generic, like the Goshen Seminar and the yeah. Global Issues Seminar and the Intercultural Seminar, mm -hmm. if those end up with course titles that are really generic and really are really like kind of seminary sounding, mm -hmm. those are going to be impossible to transfer to other institutions. Yeah. And then coming in, it's going to be a challenge for people. So maybe like hold right. transfer students in your mind when you're working yeah. this through. Sure. I want to definitely want to put that. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. The transfer question is always difficult because you know, I mean, there, there's a balance, right? You don't want to keep people out. You don't want to keep them from coming. You don't want to make it hard for them to count things. But you also don't want to build a program that delivers the identity of your school on the exceptions. I mean, that's the other side of it. It's like, well, if we're going to have a curricular expression of the vision, some of that stuff is not going to be transferable. So that's, I mean, that, that is what it is. It's the same at every school. We'll minimize that as much as we can. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I did a kind of a, a question answer with some people and a, research, a little slim research project on kind of how they do that at other schools. Um, and found, you know, uh, a lot of people try pretty hard to make the transfer thing work. And then there's some schools that don't care. Like there's some schools that don't take anything in transfer 
for general education. I was like, wow, that doesn't seem wise. <laughs> that seems unwise. Uh, but they're, they're out there. Yeah. Your name is? Jacob Martins. Jacob. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that there are concerns about hand-holding, and I, I personally had the great privilege of attending a high school that did teach how to write a research paper and mm -hmm. research in online databases, but in working in group projects through, with other people through my college career, I have become very aware that some high schools push people out with the doors without ever having taught them any kind of writing <laughs> skills at all. <laughs> I, for, yeah. So for the smooth operation of the college, we, we really will have to emphasize like making sure that everybody has the basic skills in their freshman year, especially because yeah. in many places, education funding is being cut. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would agree. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I do think uh, that's a, uh, you know, it's not, we can't smooth out everything, but... Um, uh, right now, uh, it's very likely that you're going to be in a group with somebody in your, second in your second semester or even your second year that hasn't had a, the basic skills classes, which is like, that's, that's like crazy. It makes no sense to me. So. Uh, hi, I'm Ted. I have a couple hey, Ted. of uh, clarifying questions. Okay. Um, with these learning communities, would those be uh, like offended to classes like the colloquium is now? The first one, yeah. The okay. first the one is one would not. the first one is uh, would have this would share the same enrollment as the intercultural okay. seminar, and the second one would be the same people as the, the, first, semester. As the first semester. Okay. So that would continue for the entire year, okay. right? So you'd be able to come back to those same people second semester and do a little more work um, with these other things, the faith development and your e-portfolio assessment. So the first place that you would do the e-portfolio is in that second learning community. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, second question. And that's uh, a graded assignment. Okay, mm -hmm. the uh, communication skills class. Right. Would that be a, somewhat of a combination of something like oral comm and uh, written writing? Yes. Okay. Um, Some, somewhat, yes. Mm -hmm. Since, yeah, I, I, I mean, they, they haven't, uh, they haven't uh, worked that out 100%, but you know, right. if I get my way, which I don't always get my way, it would be more focused on writing than it would be on uh, speaking. Okay. Because uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, most of the time we're talking about preparation for speaking, which is about, to me, writing. Okay. Uh, I applaud that combination because I found that those were very redundant. Yeah. However, I also know that there are some grad schools and other programs that would like you to have a speech class. Yes. So right. what might be a good move would be to have an, like a one credit elective that would be more specific about um, speaking skills um, rather than just general speech making, maybe a more advanced kind of, I don't know, maybe it could even be tied in with like a theater mm -hmm. class yeah. or something that's more performance. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank Thanks. You. Wow, that's cool. Hey, Quinn. And I'm just curious about what kind of changes are going to happen with the faculty. Uh, do we have white professors who implement this learning? Are we going to have to hire, fire? Do we even know that yet? Yeah. 
No, I think we have the right people. I mean, uh, th there's a couple things that you have to kind of, you know, think about uh, when you do something different. One of those is who wants to do this? So even though people have major concerns, they did say yes. So I'd say, you know, 85% of the people are like, yeah, I mean, I think I can make this work. I have some concerns, but I think I can make it work. So there's a willingness among faculty to do this thing. The second part of it is what kind of professional development, that's what it's called, you know, what kind of faculty development would be required and is required to pull this off. So that's part of my job. So at the, at the Center for Intercultural Teaching and Learning, for example, I'm the director of curriculum and faculty development. So part of what I do is I invent seminars and stuff, like classes for professors to take about teaching and learning. It's one of my jobs. So uh, we'll have at least, um, probably we'll have to have at least three, like kind of minimum two day sessions every year to work up this first year experience all over again because people will come in and out. Like professors will, some professors will do it one year and it'll be a different set of people the next year. It won't be completely different. But it would be, it's just like colloquium. Not every professor teaches every single year. And like a not every professor takes a colloquium designation to their courses. You know, there's usually eight to ten a year. And they're not always the same. So we have like a meetings to get people kind of ready to do that. Because that's a special kind of class. You know, there's extra advising and there's all kinds of other stuff going on with that. So there's a number of things here that we'll have to get going. For me, the most important thing about the curriculum right now is that we don't talk about it very much as faculty. We don't. We don't talk about it very much, about the gen ed program. We don't talk about what happens in it. We don't like examine a lot of data about what's going on with students in it. The individual courses maybe, yeah, in the departments that are teaching them, yeah, they do a lot of work, but we don't talk about it as a group very much. So that's, that's a thing that I think tends to make any kind of curriculum feel dead if people aren't talking about it. And this thing not only uh, is a good thing, um, I think the basic structure is pretty good, you know. There's always a different way to do something. So, um, uh, but I think this basic structure is pretty good. I think the really critical thing about this is that it gives us a good excuse, a very important excuse, to talk to each other about the entire program, which is, for me, something that makes it a lot more likely to feel like it's alive to you guys instead of feeling like it doesn't live very much. Well, we are out of time. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, let me ask you one last question to finish up. So, uh, you know, Stan and Stan's team dutifully swipes your cards when you come in, so we keep track of who's here. Would you be willing to answer a brief survey about your reactions to this online if I send it to you like today? Yeah? Okay, so expect today to get a survey link from me uh, that you can then answer questions about this program. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it.